This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is the latest economic news. I'm Don McDonald. The S&P 500 on Monday plunged to levels not seen since late June. And then the next day recovered most of those losses. What does this mean for investors? Well, Talking Real Money's Tom Cock joins us from Bellevue, Washington. Tom? Thank you, Don. First, let's check the numbers. Then we can talk about the significance of all of this, right? Okay, first of all, on Mondays, you just reported the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which we do not pay attention oh, to. Oh, wait, you're not allowed to quote the Dow Jones Industrial okay. Average. I'm sorry. Moving on from the Dow Jones Industrial Average <laughs> to the Standard & Poor's 500. Thank you. Okay. You down, almost you almost destroyed our system. Down we are one Dow free. 1.6%. 1.6% on Monday, which 1. led 6. to yes. panic, which led to media interviews, which led to none. I checked with all the advisors yesterday. Not one client called. Not one because yeah. our clients are well-trained. But the next day, stand by because we're headed to new heights we have not seen since late June. Uh, the S&P 500 down 1.6% yeah. on Monday. Guess what? It was up 1.5% on Tuesday. I think that's a one tenth. Didn't I pretty much as the anchor say that without numbers? But it makes it more authoritative when you throw it to the financial desk and covers it. So so um so what does this mean for investors? You haven't told us that yet. I've got Oh no, not more numbers, Paul Merriman. Paul Merriman, not available today, but stepping in ably at the financial desk. You have any charts you can show us? Oh yeah, I got charts. I got charts. (laughs) They don't mean anything, but I'll show you. I'll show you some chats. Yeah, what do you got? One hundred percent globally diversified stock portfolio year to date through the close of business yesterday, up sixteen point five percent. Doesn't sound like a time to panic yet. The Standard and Poor's five hundred, far less stocks, up fifteen point nine percent year to date. And Don, for those of you who really want to go back, how about fifty years of data? Let's go to the financial desk for that. 50 years, let's go. Uh, 100% in stocks. Let, let, let's jump in the time machine. All back. the way back to 1970, which, correct me if I'm wrong, the Milwaukee Bucks just did that for the first time since 1971. But a 100% stock portfolio up 12 point. I know that was a basketball reference. Congratulations to the Bucks who won the NBA title for the first time since a guy named Luau Cinder was playing for them, now better yeah. known as. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 100% stock portfolio up 12.1%. Standard Poor's 500 in that same time up 10.1%. Don? Okay. Now, if you. you're if you're totally sick of numbers, as I am, um, what is all this? This is the point of all this is, what does all this mean? We've always got the media. You've been, you've been interviewed on Como Radio. The, the, the people want to know what's happening day to day, but does it matter? 
It does matter. Let me tell you why it matters. It keeps me employed, for one thing. <laughs> My phone works. Call me. I'm glad to do an interview and explain. Okay. Well, that day there were more sellers than buyers. The next day there were more buyers than sellers. How do I explain to you that it's not all about you without hurting your feelings? I think you just go right out and say it. It's not all about you. Okay, I'm over it. And I return to my original question as financial news anchor. Yes. What does it mean for investors? What it means is, number one, expect volatility. Expect ups and downs because over the long haul, you've been paid for taking the risk You've been paid for accepting the volatility. Number two, and this is painful because as Don just pointed out, it's not all about me. You got to ignore the so-called experts. And by the way, the experts, the part that makes me nervous, because what does Jim Cramer say on the big down day? Well, you should be nervous about what might be around the corner. He has no idea what's right around the corner. That Every time something happens and the experts tell you what's next, that's a time to change the channel back to huh, music. Sorry to say. And number no, three. no, no, oh, no. Stay on, stay on talk radio. Just don't go to the financial talk shows, please. <laughs> I'm sorry because we got beat by music here in Seattle. Yes, the last book as painful keep as that is. Everyone in the Seattle area, please keep listening to Como 1000 AM 97.7 FM on you. Saturdays from noon to two. Well done. Number three, if you are were scared by the tumbling stocks falling one and a half percent in one day, yeah. here's an idea. Take the free risk quiz, build a portfolio that matches your need for return and your emotional ability to take risk, or hire someone that stands between you and your money, because we know people do bad things to it when markets go up. And when they go down, Don, back to you. And then after you've done all that, leave it the heck alone, go to the beach, go to the mountains, go read a book, go enjoy your life, quit worrying about the stock market. Thank you. Your life will be better. Oh, um, Tom. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know why I look at the screen because you can't actually see me. I need to look into the camera. It's like getting used to something totally different. You, you always want to look people in the eye, except when you're recording videos. Then you want to look them right in the camera. So, yes. Tom, yes, we have for you today uh-huh. the world's longest oh, question. Can I take a break I've and come back? never seen a question this long. The guy must have writer's cramp. All right. But I'm taking notes we, so I can answer. We take them in the order in which they come. This one comes to us from the great state of Alabama. That's in the South, in case you guys, you know, from the Northwest have no clue. That's that's in the South. Go ahead. Uh, The subject is awful, awful 401k account. Sounds like a children's book, doesn't it? The awful, awful 401k. Really, really bad. Tom and Don and sometimes Paul. (laughs) I've enjoyed your podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry, this is so long. I got to. Okay, ready? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've enjoyed your podcast ever since I found it a couple of months ago. I appreciate the thoughts you offer as industry insiders and the way you obviously enjoy working together. Oh, 
That's all it had. And by the way, we are not insiders in any way, shape, or form. But well, okay. we're in the industry. I think that's what he means. All right. Okay, we are in the it industry. Suggest somehow that we have knowledge that others do not. Yeah, no, no, no. We just have we we've been working in the financial services that's industry for a couple couple of seen days. Seen a couple things. Not our first rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would never be in a rodeo. Uh, and You're Colorado, you, know, and you should be in a rodeo. My, Come on, uh, man. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, from what I've heard, you're the bull. So um, <laughs> let's move it on uh, exactly. to the next paragraph. Leaving it oh. at that. <laughs> Since the two or three of you have well over a hundred years of combined experience Ooh. in the industry, I thought I'd ask you for your thoughts on my wife's awful 401k plan offered by her employer. My wife's employer is a small private school in Alabama. A few years ago, they changed the 401k management firm from one awful insurance company to another, and the employees are still getting screwed. The employer provides a 1.5% match, which sounds <sighs> okay. He actually put that in. No, he had a yawn in there. He did. He, he had a yawn, yawn in there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I acted out. Well uh, done. It, uh, <laughs> However, when you add the standard mutual fund fees, you ready for this? When you add the standard mutual fund fees plus 0.65% for record keeping, yeah. plus 0.9% for administration and management. That's too high. The robbery fee portion at 1.55 is quite egregious. Oh, That's 1.55 plus the funds. Yeah. Which are? I don't know yet. There's more to come. Should we take a brief break for a message from our sponsor? While let's we go back to the financial desk and we can report that the markets. No, okay, let's not. But okay, we could. Here we keep going. For some of for some of what follows, I'm referring to the company's PDF for their fund expenses. I could supply this if uh, provided the means to do so. So, as an example, if she were to utilize the money market fund, it earned 0.57% for the year period ending in May. However, the high fees means she'd actually pay negative interest for the privilege of investing in the money fund. If we just ignore inflation and the standard mutual fund fees and address only the 1.55% robbery fee, here are a few noteworthy observations regarding her account that's just over $100,000. The robbery fee is nearly $1,600 a year. The robbery fee for a quarter, one quarter, is nearly three times the employer match. <laughs> Pardon. All of my wife's 401k contribution for January, February, and most of March disappears into the annual robbery fee. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. This is kind of sad. Yeah. If my wife were to select more conservative funds, her account would simply become a cash machine for the insurance company, and the growth of the balance over time would be in doubt. For several years, I've attempted to politely cajole her employer into considering better alternatives in the way of 401k management companies, but it's fallen on deaf ears with words about high costs to small employers, and I get that. However, my understanding of the SECURE Act allows for pooling of small employer funds to gain access to lower fees, but I'm not sure that's really much of a market presence at this time. I looked into Fidelity. There, we each have a Roth and an IRA that mostly represent former 401k accounts. But Fidelity is starting out with a pool available only to employers that have never before offered a 401k. All of this to ask two questions. One. <laughs> yes. Is there some 
resource you might suggest I contact that will offer them information on pooling options for small employers? Or is pooling, if pooling is still on the horizon, what other options can they consider? Wow. Um, oh, wait. Oh, you want to do one? Let, well, let's, let's number do one. one. Yeah, there. I just read in the Wall Street Journal today there is an opportunity for people to rent time at pools. Is that what he's asking? Because you can do that and go to individual homes. There's a service where you can rent them excuse me, but for a period this, of time. There are times for levity. Excuse me, sir. Sir. Yes. <laughs> yes. There are times for bad dad levity, and there are times for serious answers to serious questions. Okay. I like the robbery thing. I'm still yeah, I do too. That. It, but is there a uh, resource that he can provide? I, you know, I, I don't know. I'd have to. I, I'd have I to can't think of that. one. I don't. I'm trying to think. And you know, and what I other would, options you know where do, I would go, do smaller you know, employers have? Well, you know where I would start. Probably find a small business organization of some kind. Start with them because they mm-hmm. know all of the resources. I don't know that it would be the SBA, but what's the other one where they coach? There's a coaching score. You talking about score? Yeah, score. I might try somebody like that because they mm-hmm. deal with all of the nuts and bolts of having a ten person firm and what the if you want to have a retirement plan, what what are your options are? That's a yes, good idea. And there's probably are, also an organization of small private schools. There uh, probably yeah, is some sort of a private school organization and they that offers four hundred one Ks. But this is uh, a horrible plan. This is awful that and by the way, so here's my take on what to do if that's the question. Is that the question? Well that's one of the two questions. <laughs> Okay, go on. I mean, so okay, so go to score, which I think is a, a great alternative. S, just like the, like score. It's the senior core of retired executives. It's people in the business yeah. community, and they will uh, help you. They this would be a starting place. There is no sort of federal clearinghouse I'm aware of where you could go find that out. Would you like the second question? <laughs> yes, we're doing well so far. Am I correct in understanding that the employers' plan administrators? are personally liable for boxing employers and employees into these egregious fees. I have never sued anybody, and that's not my plan, but all it takes is one dissatisfied employee that upon retirement, uh, that, that upon retirement to open a case with. What, the Department of Labor to explore that avenue? Yeah, the Department of Labor is a good place to explore that avenue. Absolutely. Uh, I recently ran into a long-ago employer, sole proprietor, who was lamenting that the federal government had investigated him and determined his management of employee 401k offerings was so awful that they liquidated his account and split the money among his employees. Wow. Um, (laughs) So, yes, I believe that both the uh, plan sponsor, which in this case would be the employer, and the administrators take on, you know, sort of uh, liability, 339 well, they, liability. They do have the, a fiduciary or, responsibility yeah, to do. act in the <clears throat> in the participant's best interest. They and this absolutely is not, do. And this is not. I mean, no. this is egregious. Both the administration fees, the fund. I, you didn't even give us the fund expenses. But that's ridiculous. It's, but here's my one solution. I would only save up to the match. I would put it in the riskiest asset class. So you hope to make more than what the charges are. In other words, if they had, you know, any sort of small cap fund, if they had international small or any sort of value, I would put it in those risky assets. I would only save up to the one and a half percent there and then do Roth or some other option outside of that plan 
where you could get it for <laughs> actually pennies, if you're, pennies, pennies. If your wife is not funding a Roth currently and is only funding the 401k, stop funding the 401k yeah. and just fund a Roth. Well, I still like the one and a half percent. Oh, the one and a half. No, as you said, it's going up. It's getting eaten up by the fees. Lord. So there's, there's, there's literally no benefit yeah. to the match. Good point. Yeah. There's no benefit. So just do a Roth. Um, however, he continues. Of course he does. I suppose my wife's employer could eventually get tired of my helpful suggestions and fire her to get rid of me. But that wouldn't necessarily be so bad. That would mean I could roll the money to Fidelity and manage it much more affordably, and she'd have more time to play with the grandkids. And anyway, I'm 59. My wife is a few years younger. Our net worth is, a, net worth is approaching the next plateau of $2 million. So we work because we enjoy the work and the companionship of our coworkers. Also, I'd prefer to allow her retirement accounts to double maybe twice more before we start to draw down. Okay, that's a problem because if you just said you're at $2 million and that's enough, then you shouldn't be working. She shouldn't have to work to double the retirement right. accounts. Right. Plus, plus he sense. said he wants them to double maybe twice more. Twi okay. So Twice more? <laughs> twice more. Nah, come on. <laughs> Especially at that fee base. That's hopefully, going to take hopefully, a couple hopefully, more lifetimes. Hopefully, he's, sp he's speaking... This way. Well, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's continue the last paragraph. We're uh, we're we're nearing the, the finish exciting line. Exciting conclusion. Thank yes. you. Thank you for at least considering whether this is a topic you'd like to share on your podcast. If you do decide to respond on the podcast or have your automated software read this email, ah. please please see if you can make my voice sound something like Richard Dreyfus doing a Ooh. Shakespeare play. Friends, Romans. Oh yeah, that's right. From the <laughs> Where he had to play the yeah slightly off yeah. kilter, yeah, or listen. maybe not. You're right. Maybe not. We're going to go with maybe not, uh, or maybe you shouldn't read my name, given that I'm trying to help the school improve their offerings. We're not going to give your name. Not telling we them. We wouldn't do. That. I'm not snitching on you, we're Mister. Gonna, we are going to call oh. them off the air, of course, to right. tell them. But we don't have the name of the school even. Oh, that's too bad. I'd love to call the school and say, "Are you kidding All me?" Right. Okay, you these wanna... are people that are not money-oriented. They're not in the business of educating people to make a living. So let's make it more difficult for them to retire because we're going to charge outrageous fees, crummy mutual funds. No, you, let's go back. I think what you, what you just said in the last five minutes is the crux of the matter. If you're in a crummy plan, and this is a crummy plan, what should you do? Don's right. If it's the match isn't even going to pay the fees, that is ridiculous. Simply quit contributing, set up a Roth IRA, which you probably already have. Contribute fully to that. Is that seven thousand? I think now over the age of fifty. Yeah. Put the money in there. You're not going to get two more doubles by the time you retire. Even by the time you die. No offense, but we're and dude, you live in Alabama. It's one of the lower cost of living yeah. states in the country. Two You'll be okay on two million, yeah. I bet. Yeah, you can live and probably paid into Social Security, so you're both eligible for a anyway. So yes, get rid of the plan. Maybe get rid of the job because if yeah. she doesn't like doing it, then well, apparently she likes the job. She hates okay. the four hundred one. And yeah. and I'd like to just give a personal message to the, uh, the, the people who own and run this small private educational organization. As the owners of a small private educational organization, my assumption is you are also educated, that you have an education. Usually they don't let uneducated people run educational institutions. 
Therefore, you should know better. You really should. You can see the... it. Do you have any math in your past education? Do the math, and you'll see that you're shafting your employees, which leads me to believe that either you or someone you know or care about is being enriched through this relationship. So who might the person be who is being enriched by this relationship? And doesn't it make you feel the least bit guilty? Hmm? By the way, we when, when we started our retirement plan a few years ago, we only had four or five employees, we did it at a very low cost. So those things definitely. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to ask when we started now we have a week because we've merged with another company, we have a bigger 401k, yeah. but when we were young, we had a very small 401k. Yeah. I yeah, would cost. imagine smaller than this private school in Atlanta. And we used a plan administrator and no load mutual funds and did it for like a wasn't quarter it, of that cost. I think. Yeah, wasn't it about a half a percent to the I think administrator? It was like Thirty basis points. Thirty basis points to the administrator, uh-huh. and about thirty basis points for the funds, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So around a little over half a percent a year yeah. total. You, the, those are, those plans exist. There's no question, even for small businesses. Okay, I think we've done this one. This is a good one. That was actually a pretty good question. I hope the guy's not mad. Thank you I'm for give writing. It four and a, no, no, no. He can't possibly be mad because. Uh-huh. He harassed us mercilessly throughout the note. <laughs> that's a good point. So if you if you can't take it, don't dish it. Yeah, that's a good point Tom. too. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I'm well aware of that. Trust yeah, me. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> All right, kids. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us for our little podcast. Remember, if you have questions, you can send them in at talkingrealmoney.com or you can call them in at 855-935-TALK. Also, we have this little, well, it's not little anymore. What what what, what does the whole, what does a, a Vestrian Appella manage now? One and a half? No, no, no. That's over two. Two and a half? Yeah. Over $2 billion. So uh, we manage a lot of money. And uh, at Vestry, we have done something over the years that is unique. Everybody gives you what they call a free consultation. That just mm. means come into the office. We're going to pitch you on becoming a client. With us, that's not what it means. It means we're going to give you a free meeting with one of our advisors to help you, even if you are a dyed-in-the-wool, do-it-yourselfer. We're going to help you with some things that, hey, kind of elude help at times. Help you figure out what you have in your portfolio. Most people don't know. Help you get a plan started, which you probably don't have, for free. A meeting, not multiples. One. Uh, no sales pitch, no obligation whatsoever. Just go to vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, and set up an appointment. Bing, you're done. Anything you'd like to add before I wrap this? Bing, we're done. Thank you for the great update on the financial desk. I thought you did an amazing job on that. Maybe there's you know, some I, opportunity there. I don't know. I forgot. I, you know, when I started doing it, I had totally forgotten that back in the day, I was. I'm Don McDonald at the Financial Desk for Business Radio. Network. I remember it well. I totally forgot that. I used to be the Ooh. financial editor, and I did the news reports. I've always thought of myself as talk show guy. I forgot I did those. You were the anchor man. I was. I was the anchor man. Wow. That was a long time ago. All right. Thank you all for being there, folks. We appreciate you. Come back tomorrow. We'll have another podcast if Tom's still with us. I'm here.
We're hoping. And I will return. We're we're hoping he survives the meetings he has today. Oh God, and, let's not. And go you there. know what we're talking about, <laughs> don't you? Exactly. Please. Thank God they're a long way away. They won't. They can't kill you in person. <laughs> It'll have to be a remote death. I'm sure that could be arranged too. So. So if Tom joined, uh, tune, oh, definitely tune in for tomorrow's podcast to see if Tom <laughs> makes it. The suspense is killing me, right? as it were. I, we've never ended the podcast on a cliffhanger. That's a good point, by the way. Tune in just to see if we you can have make to, it back. And, it's, and you can't binge. You have to actually come back tomorrow. That's a good point. <laughs> see ya. Take care. That's Tom Cock. I'm Don McDonald. We just hang out talking about money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.